0: Joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, I want to talk about you a little bit this morning. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, are you there? I want to look at verse 9. It says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, and you are God's building. Notice again. For we are laborers together with God. Say, with God. With God. I mean, you know, a lot of people want God to do things for them, and a lot of other people want to do things by themselves without God. But God's plan is that you are labor together. With God, you are God's husbandry, and you are even God's building. Here it tells us we are to labor together with God. You are God's co-worker in 2020. You are partners with God because God has a plan. God has a plan, and you are part of that plan. Say, I'm part of of God's God's plan. It's no accident that you're alive right now in this day and hour. It is not insignificant that you were born when you were born, that you live where you live that you go to church where you go to church that you are who you are whether you're young or old male or female white or black you have a purpose in this day and in this hour you look in the Bible you even see when Jesus was being presented in the temple there was an old lady there by the name of Anna who was very old but still had a purpose in that hour she was praying daily for the rest of the body of Christ at that time or for the rest of the people at that time so you have a call and you have a purpose in this day and hour and once again it is no insignificant thing that you are alive and on this earth right now today hallelujah the greatest tragedy in life I have discovered is not death it's living life and not fulfilling your purpose while you do it that is the greatest tragedy you can have praise God it's no accident that I had an encounter with God It's no accident that I came into a Catholic confessional 34 years ago and met God face to face. It's no accident that right after that I moved to South Florida here in in Port St. Lucie, Florida, that I turned on the TV and all at once Kenny Copeland came on the TV. I tried to switch channels to somebody else and I ran into Benny Hinn. I tried to switch channels to somebody else and I ran into Christian Harfoos, and I tried to switch channels again and I ran into a crazy guy by the name of Rodney Howard Brown. These are not all coincidences that happened in my life. These are things for an appointed time that God got into my life. And then all at once he made me a pastor of some place called Treasure Coast Victory Center. All these things came in preparation for a time such as this. Many of the things that you have gone through, many of the preachers you've sat under, many of the words that you have heard is not just something you heard. It's something to prepare you for 2020 and the upcoming year because things are coming into your life that you need to be aware of, need to know how to deal with, and know how to use the Word of God in every situation in your life. Praise God. You are all getting ready for a day such in the hour as a time of this in 2020. Look at you. I mean, all of you are from different places all from different cities, all from different states, all from different backgrounds. Some of us are even from different races. It does not matter where you came from. It matters where you're at right now in this year of 2020. Praise God. Hallelujah. On the inside of every single person that I run into, I know there is a cry of God in their heart to be everything that God wants them to be, to be part of the plan of God, part of the purpose of God, to be a co-laborer with God in every single area of their life. And that cry is on the inside of them. Some of them are growing just as babies right now, and they're saying, I know I have a pl- I know there's a place for me. I know I fit in some place. I know I'm supposed to be. I just know it with all my heart. And as you continue to seek God and go, you are sooner or later going to become a laborer together with God. I got in the ministry, and all I heard from other ministries and other preachers was, ministry is hard. Oh, brother, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to pastor a church, to be a leader of a church. Let me just say this morning, it is an honor to labor with God. It is a privilege to be called into the plan and purpose of God for the year 2020. The drive has never been too far. The service has never been too long. The praise and worship has never been too long. All these things basically that come are a price that you pay to walk in what God wants you to walk. There's a price to pay. There is a price to pay coming out of the world to walk in the things of God and find your purpose and find your plan. But let me tell you what, there's a price to pay if you don't. But if you're not going to walk and find out where God is, and you want to do everything your own way and do it that way, sooner or later you're going to end up in a mess before it's over with. I'll tell you, every time I drive by a cemetery, I'll tell you what, there are people in there today that would love to be sitting in your seat right now. They would love to have a second chance to do what they didn't do while they were here on earth. They'd love to have a second chance to be where you're at and learning the things you're learning and growing in the things of God and being part of a co-labor with God in this realm right now. But how many know it's too late? Don't wait any longer. Days are gone by, hours are gone by, years are gone by, and God has a plan for each and every one of you. They would love to be sitting in your seat right now, but you are sitting in your seat right now, and you are in a place of opportunity, praise God. God spoke to me a long time ago, and I'm just going to tell you right now, He never called me to populate a church. He called me to build a church. That's why we've never really been into numbers that much, never cared whether we had thousands or millions. I want to build a church because God is building a church. And if I'm going to co-labor with God, then it's very important that I co-labor with what He wants to do, His plan, and His purpose in my life. Look at verse 9. For you are laborers together, you are God's husbandry, you are God's what? You are God's... Say, I am am. God's God's building. That means God is not only building a building like we think about it, He's building you. You are His building. He wants to grow you up. He wants to get you into a place. He wants to get you as part of a kingdom of God that's unshakable, will never fail, will never fall. It's an everlasting kingdom that He wants to get you into, and He wants to grow you up into that because you are God's building. Say, I am. God's building. All right, look at verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Say Jesus Christ. So God has a plan. He has a plan to build some things. He has a plan to co-labor with you. Notice he's restoring his house. He's restoring his temple. You are God's building that he's concerned with. You are God's property. The kingdom is unshakable, but notice there's only one foundation that you can build on, and that foundation is Jesus Christ or something called the Word of God. Say the Word of God. If you are going to build an unshakable kingdom and be in God and be able to flow with him and cooperate with him, you must spend time in the word of God, the constitution of God, and discover what God wants you to do and grow you up in the things of God. Praise God, when I started TCVC, I started a church because I thought God told me to, and basically I was just praying and hoping that God would help me. Later on, I found out that he started TCVC and he needed me to help him, rather him help me. (laughs) And how many know that's a different way of thinking? Yeah. We all go through different ways that we think. And God, I'm starting now. You help me do this and you help me do that. And He said, Hey, buddy, I started that thing. Now you help me do what I want to do. And that is build up people in the kingdom of God. Praise God. So basically, as a builder and a part of the building, you are a steward of God's things. Amen. See, you don't own your marriage, you don't own your children, you don't own your money. You don't own your mystery, ministry. None of these things are yours. They are God's, and God's wanting to cooperate with you in those things to make them operate the way the kingdom of God does. Heck, you're not even yourself. God has bought you with a price, praise God. Even he owns you at this time. So what's He's doing? He's trying to find stewards, and he wants to co-labor you with you in your marriage, co-labor with you in your finances, co-labor with you in your jobs, co-labor with you in your Business. How many of you know if you get God involved in these things and take his advice, they might work just a little bit better than the way they've been gone in my life? Why is that? He wants to co-labor. Say co-labor. And what does he build on? He builds on the Word of God. Say the the Word of God. All right, look at verse 12. Now if any man build on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive an award. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by what? Fire. So notice, you've got to make a choice of what you're going to build on. You can go after money. You can go after people. You can go after Gold, you can go after silver. What you're going after will determine. I mean, how are you going to be a good parent? Are you going to read Parenting Magazine? Are you going to listen to the expert who comes on TV and tells you how to be a parent? No, you're going to have to build your parenting on the work on the Word of God. Marriage-wise, you're going to have to do it on the Word of God. You don't need to listen to sociologists, psychologists, dot, 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 D-C-P-T-A, what, to tell you how to do a marriage when God has already told you, love your wife as God loves the church. So what are we going to do? We're going to start building. We're going to start building on the Word of God. We're not going to be a church that builds on gimmicks. We're not going to be a church that builds on big buildings. We're not going to be a big church that does advertising and all programs and all this. I want to build on the Word of God. And if the Word of God isn't enough, then it isn't enough. Come on, are you listening to me this morning? It's the Word of God, praise God. We're building on one foundation, and notice what it says. But soon the fire will come, and the foundation will be revealed. It will try every man, say every man, Say it again, every man. Every man. How many you know you're an every man? Yeah. So what's going to happen? There's going to be a fire that comes into your place that's going to find out what you've been what you've been building, your Mary John. What you've been building your finances on? What you've been building your, your children on? What you've been building things on? Because there's a fire coming, basically, to determine what you're building on. And you've got to get in the Constitution to find out God's way of building. You cannot do it the world's way because the world has deceived the church at this point, and it's mystified and messed up our minds to a place that we don't understand. Uh, having an affair outside of marriage is not having an affair. It's adultery. Living together is not... Basically, living together—it's fornication. Misappropriating funds. Oh, go and get quiet in here. Good, I like that when it gets quiet in here. It's not misappropriating funds; it's cheating and it's stealing. Praise God! You've got to build on the Word of God and get God's thing. Praise God! It's, there's no such thing as an alternative lifestyle. It's called homosexuality, and it's abomination. Praise God! I didn't write it; he did. It's in his book. So what do I want to do? I want to find God's pattern to be a good dad. I want to follow his pattern to be a good pastor i want to follow his pattern to have a good marriage i want to follow his to still raise up my kids even though they're out of the house i mean you still got access to them even if it's just thanksgiving and christmas you've got a little shot at them praise god come on now you can still insert something in there remind them of things are coming so i mean what do you trust in this morning what's your trust for 2020 do i want to get more money do i want to trust in people some people trust in pastors my god don't put your trust in me You be sorry, praise God. Put your trust in the word of God and in God himself. Some put it in positions in the church. Everybody wants a position. Put a name behind me. Apostle, bishop, prophet, whatever you want to throw up, put the name there. Praise God. Live it and the name will find you. Oh, God, that was good, wasn't it? Jesus, that was good. I want to hear that again. Praise God. Say it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was good. I, I like that. Hallelujah. So notice what's coming. Say a fire. A A fire's coming to everybody's life. When the fire hits, it's going to burn up all these things, praise God, that are in your way. But notice, you think, oh my God, a fire's coming. I might lose some money. I might, might lose a relationship. I might lose this. But the best part is if it gets burned up, you can start over. See, you got a second chance you can do it again. Here at TCVC, Tom. sometimes you come in, and I love on you, and I brag you up, and I build you up. And other times I take a wrecking ball and just smash everything that's in your life. Why is that done? It's part of building. How many know that God doesn't want anybody to have any rotted wood? Come on, termite-infested wood, things that eat from the inside out. Come on, you better let go of unbelief. You better let go of unforgiveness. You better let go of strife. You better let go of all these things, offenses in your life. I remember I was in a service one of the first years after I got born again, started going outside the Catholic Church, and Elias Antonius was preaching. And Elias says, let me just tell you right now, if you can be offended, you should be. (laughs) He said, in other words, if you're still in a position of a baby where you couldn't be offended and everything, then you need to get offended a couple more times just to learn to grow out of that thing and understand that you don't have to be offended at anything. Notice it's your choice whether you do or whether you don't. So praise God, some things are going to change in your life. Somebody was up here earlier this morning talking about getting things out of your life. The fire is going to come and burn some things out of your life. I would tell you right now to study the Word of God about how to handle your finances. Study the word of God on how to handle relationships and your marriage and how to stay out of offense and how to stay out of all these things. Why is that? Basically because there's a fire coming. But that fire is a good fire because it's going to get rid of some of the stuff that's in our lives. Some of that old rotten wood infested, bug infested stuff that's in our lives that's going to get burned out of the inside of you. So God can start building again on a new foundation which is the word of the living God. We all one time said Jesus be my Lord and my Savior and we thought that was it. But once you make somebody Lord, they're Lord over every single part of your life. Yeah. It's easy to get born again. what? Jesus, yes. And then he starts telling you what to do with your money. Well, you're not Lord there. I meant Lord to save me. I meant Lord to get me born again. You don't understand. Your wife hasn't behaved very well, but you love her as Christ loved the church. I didn't make you Lord of that. I think you're stepping over the line right now with what you're doing. See? We want him to be Lord where... Ever we like him to be Lord oh bless me give me millions be my Lord well it may happen that the $200 you got you may lose before you get your millions because there's a fire coming to your house to determine praise God what's coming strife and division has got to go there's a unity somebody mentioned this morning that's coming to the body of Christ and it's coming to individual body of Christ too, where people are actually going to be able get this to get along Look! God I think the power of God just hit me to get along, not to get offended, not to get upset, not to get mad at every little thing that happens. My God, I'm telling you, don't have to be that way. And it don't hurt anybody but you. When you're stressed out, strifed out, living in unforgiveness, you think you're hurting the whole world, but the only person falling apart is that infested woods rotting out of the inside of you. Pretty soon the smile you had head looks like this. <laughs> And it's noticeable. How I many you know that? Yeah. Especially if you're somebody who's walking in the plan and the purpose of God takes a look at you. They say, oh, Lord, <laughs> praise God. Lord, you don't want me to go minister over there, do you? Please, <laughs> somebody over here probably. Because you don't want to walk into that stuff, praise God. But I'll tell you, there's a fire coming. There's a fire coming. Say, there's a fire coming. A fire. I pray it burns up everything in my life that's not on, it's not on. The, word the Word of God. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. And we talk about some of these things that are in our lives and some of the things we talked about, like you know living together and homosexuality and all that stuff. Notice, God is not out there condemning people for that stuff or coming after. He's giving them a way of life. He wants them to take the narrow way to where they can live a joyful, happy, long, prosperous life, and that's why he's against that kind of stuff. He's not against it just because he's made it wrong and he's the king and that's it. No, bless God, he wants every person he ever created to live in victory every single day of their life, 24 hours a day in peace and joy and happiness, and there's things that steal your peace and joy and happiness. He says, stay away from those things. Don't do those things. Don't do it, praise God. He's a loving God. Say, he's a loving God. Say, "He he even loves me. All right, Ephesians chapter two. Look at verse 20. Here it talks about the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through what? Spirit. Through the Spirit. So here he's talking about God's house, God's building, a habitation of God through the Spirit. Some people have been going to church at years and they've never even had a visitation of the Spirit, much less a habitation of the Spirit. Some churches have a visitation every Sunday, but God is looking to go further than that. Amen. He's looking for a body of believers who are a habitation of God through the Spirit of God, a place where the Spirit of God is welcome, a place where the Spirit of God has right-of-way, a place where the Spirit of God is appreciated, a place where the Spirit of God is allowed to be the Spirit of God. That's what he's looking for in this day and hour. There's a way to build on the habitation of God. Look at verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ or the word of God himself being what? The chief cornerstone. I mean, you know, even if you build a natural house and you start with the first block and it's cracked or it's not in line or it's bent, the whole building's gonna be bent. So you've gotta start on the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, which is the word of God, because there's only one word there's only one foundation that's going to be able to hold you up in the day and the hour that we're living in right now. How many of the things are starting to get a little bit worse in every single area? Well, in order for you to live in victory, for you to live in what God wants you to do as a, as a, as a manifestation of the kingdom of God, you have got to build everything you got on the word of God. This is why we preach new identity. This is why we preached on the anointing. This is why we preached on demons and spirits. This is why we did the classes. When we did the classes was to give you a firm foundation of what God wants to do in your life. Why? Because we're building here at Treasure Coast Building Center. We're building a building individually and collectively of people who are habitations of God through the Spirit so that we become one giant habitation of God through the Spirit. Praise God. You can bring the Spirit of God into your business you can bring it into your marriage, you can bring it into your workplace, you can bring him in wherever you go if you're a habitation of God through the Spirit. Look at verse 21. In whom all the building, how much? All All the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. Say, in the Lord. There's a fitly framing together in process at TCVC. It's a closely joined, truly bonded harmoniously unified, proper fitting taking place. Why is that? To have a habitation of God through the Spirit, Amen. a place where the glory of God dwells, a place where the presence and power of God dwells, a place of restoration for those who come in who need deliverance and need need an upkick. Other bricks may fit in as they come, praise God, but you have a place in this body, you have a call in this body, and you are a living stone in this body. How many you know growth takes time? Yes. Yeah. See, I cannot call you up. And lay hands on you and say, Yabba dabba doo, and all at once you go from a child and all at once you're a king and a priest into God. It doesn't work that way. You have to grow up in the things of God. You have to build all of your life on the Word of God. In order to do that, you are gonna have to read. Say, I really need to read right, the, Word the Word of God. And I'll tell you, if you go to God and you've been doing the same thing for years and years, as far as I do fifteen minutes Bible reading, I pray for a little bit, just go to God and find out what He wants to do different in your life. This year in my life, he's basically got me to a place to where I, I wanna read through the New Testament. Once a month. And what I do is every day I have a certain amount that I read, and when I read it, if any word jumps out at me, I write that word down on one of those little calendars that I've got, and then that becomes part of my prayer time. And I was reading the other day about, you know, I I healed the sick in your name. I cast out devils in your name. And Jesus said, hey, you're gone. I never knew you. And I wrote that down new. So every day I'm praying, I want to know you. I, I mean, I'm cast out devils is great, healing is sick. I want to get to, if that's more important to you than me, okay. see, then I want to get to know you more, I want to get to know you more and more every day. So that's become one of my prayer. And the next day I read and something else I put down, and I'm going back over those things, and my, my prayer is becoming the same. It's a simple way, to, I don't know what to pray. You do that, you'll have too much to pray. Because after a month, you're going to have 30, 30 days of that stuff, and then you're going to start picking, choosing which one you want to do. But God will change you up into different ways to keep it fresh. How many know... Even a marriage has to be made fresh every now and then. I go to work, brush my teeth, go to work, get home, eat supper, change clothes, go to bed, get up, brush my teeth. I mean, after a while, that gets a little bit old, don't it? You got to do something different. Maybe go out at McDonald's and break loose sometime, praise God, or you get the double quarter pounder and just bust through or whatever it takes you to do. There's got to be changes. It's the same way with God. God will change you up in different ways. You don't have to do the same thing you've been doing for 30 years. Just because you did it for 30 years, and was successful. God always has more and a greater way to teach you and grow you in the things of God. Praise God. All right, go to First Timothy chapter 3. 1st Timothy chapter 3 Look at verse 14 These things I write unto thee hoping to come unto thee shortly but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God which is the church of the living God and the pillar and the ground of truth Notice there's a way to behave When you're in the church of god there's a way to behave when you're the house of god sometimes i think the conduct of people who don't even know jesus is better than some people who are in the church there's a way to do it many people get hurt in the church and they go to the next church and they go to the next church hey if you got a problem with something deal with the thing for goodness sakes hurt people hurt people and you go from one church to the other pretty soon you got every church messed up before it's over with the problem 99.9 percent of the time is not the church Or the body of believers in the church, if you just go to the mirror, God's going to reveal to you where the problem really lies in your heart. It's time to move on. Competition, it's time for all that stuff to go. Hurt people, it's time for it to go. I mean, you get to a place in the church anymore, oh Lord. Or the pastor can't even correct you anymore, you get mad. Can't tell you what you're doing wrong. Can't adjust the way you're doing something. Well (laughs) let me let me help you. If you don't want to know, don't ask me. See? And people say, well, why do you do that? Why do you mean like that? Hey, the Bible says God corrects his children because he loves them. Why do I do that to you? I love you. I love you. I'm not trying to show you how much I know or don't know. I'm trying to get you to a place where you're living the best for God and co-laboring with him in every single area of your life. Gossip's got to go. Backbiting's got to go. Lukewarmness has to go. You've got to catch a little bit of fire on the inside of you. When these things are revealed to you, don't avoid them. Don't blame somebody else. Deal with them in your life and get them out. Let the fire of God burn them out. All right, look at verse 15. But if I tarry long, thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the who? The Say the living, the living God. How many know God is a living God? The Bible says that Jesus is a life-giving spirit. What does God want to do? He wants to give life to your money, life to your marriage, life to your relationships, life to your life, for gosh sake, because he is a life-giving spirit. The kingdom of God is no Burger King. You cannot have it your way. Come on, well, I'm just going to do this my way. Go ahead, and about a year later, the fire will come, and all at once, you'll be broke. All at once, your relationships will fall apart. All at once, you'll be on the edge of divorce, and all at once, you'll make a determined and say, well, maybe this isn't working the way that I thought it was going to work. Maybe I ought to go back to the Word of God and find out exactly what it says. See, there's too many pastors that started running churches that thought they knew how. There's too many people who came to church that thought they could run pastors. That's another good one there, wasn't it? Oh, God, I hope somebody's writing this stuff down. This is pretty good. Praise God. I mean, there's music teams that think they know how to do it. Everybody thinks they know how to do everything. No, you better go to the word and find out and adjust the way that you're thinking in stuff. Because one day you're gonna wake up and everything's gonna be all burned up. But once again, that's good. How I many you know that? Because Father knows best. Time to get rid of that dead word. Time to get rid of the termite infested wood. It's on the inside of you. And how does that happen? Here it says by the ground of truth. Say the ground of truth. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. You should be there since you're already there. Look at verse 4. Talking about God who will have how many men? All men to be saved. How many know God wants everybody saved? Yes. Hallelujah. So if you're going to co-labor with him, you should probably be looking to get people. Just a thought. Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So what's he talking about here? There's another step for you to go, not just to be saved, but to come into the knowledge of the truth. He is building a building. That building is collectively here, and that building is you. How does he do it? Through the Truth of God. And one trans- in Ephesians 4.15 it says, Speaking the truth in love, we grow up into him in all things. The more truth you get to know, the more truth you understand, the more truth you act on, the more truth you speak, the more you grow up into him just like his nature. You become a building of God. You become a house of God. You grow up to him in all things in your life. Every single area, emotionally, physically, any place that you look at, your life is going to start coming in agreement with God in every single area of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there's going to be some things that come. There's going to be some things preached. There's going to be some things when you read the word. And all these things are adjustments for you to get on the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and the Lord. So you got to lay aside any other foundation. You got to get off the world system and the world's way of doing things. How many know it's not working? I don't care who they are in the world their life is falling apart. There's a mandate in the church right now in 2020 to build the church individually and collectively and you are God's building. Say I am. I am. God's building. Because I tell you what, once we do that, we become a habitation of God through the Spirit. You're going to have a generation of miracle workers, a generation of healers, a generation of deliverers, a generation of spiritual people who are going to shake up, praise God, different areas by the power of God. Glory to God. And you know what happens once you get built in a building? You start building someone else's building. You help them to learn, you help them to grow. But just get hooked up with God, praise God. Find out areas in your life that need to go. Get in the word of God and let God do what he wants to do in your life in 2020. All right, to conclude this morning, I just want to read to you a letter. This is a letter that I got quite a long time ago. I interrupted it and uh, grabbed it out of the spiritual realm. It was a letter actually from the devil to his demons. And it came on me. I wrote the whole thing down, got it typed out. I've had it for a couple, few years, you know. So I just want to read that to you. Can I do that this morning? All right. A letter from Satan to my partners in evil, destruction, death, worry be manifested by you today and every day. It has now been 40 days since the awful beating took place. I am still licking my wounds, trying to get myself together after being beaten badly by this resurrected, reborn son of God that they called Jesus. He made a public show of me in my own surroundings of hell. Then he embarrassed me in front of all my demons and evil spirits. He conquered me and took the keys of death, and with them all authority and power. I thought that surely the worst had to be over, but to my surprise and horror it was not. As I looked up to the earth, I heard a mighty wind blow, and all at once, instantly, there were 120 more of these reborn creatures. They were filled with eternal life instead of my gift of death, and all their sins were blotted out, completely wiped away. Then they all began speaking in a language that I couldn't really understand, but it seemed to unite them to God, and it shook the very castle where I stood. It was an awful language and seemed to disrupt all of my staff. They then all started praising God and this Jesus for what he had done to me, and when they did, I found it very difficult to put any of my thoughts in their minds. One of them named Peter had the nerve to stand up and tell them about my awful defeat, and when he did, there were 500 more of them made. One day, and this really makes me mad, on the way to the temple they destroyed one of my greatest accomplishments. Do you remember that man I had made lame for over 40 years and put him right there in front of God's house begging? These men used the name of you-know-who, and he got up and walked. Not only that, as a result, 5,000 more of these creatures were born. They continued to go around destroying all of my work, and there was nothing I could do to stop them. I even had some of them, my earth people stone, beat, and kill one of them named Paul, but he was stubborn as an old mule and just kept coming back. Finally, I thought I had him when I locked him up in jail, but they were still being strengthened, built up, and born again by his letters to the church. Every day there were more tongue talkers, more prayers, more reborn men. I had to do something. One of them mauled me, so what would 5,000, 10,000, 100,000 do to me and my kingdom? There had to be a way somehow. I was desperate. Finally it came to me. It's that word. It's that awful word that's doing all this. I have to stop that word. It was the word that was healing. It was the word that was freeing. It was the word that was getting other people born again. For the last 2,000 years, that has been my main goal, and I am glad to report I've been very successful up to this point. I've put it away in monasteries and in caves, I've killed a lot of the ones who kept it spreading, and I've come against those hard who preach it. But I've found most of my success is in distractions. I've kept people busy with poverty, sickness, world problems, with sports, shopping, cars, houses, jobs, eating, and especially making lots of money. This has kept most people completely out of the word. It has kept them out of the only answer to all of their problems. Isn't that devilish? I've also raised up colleges and seminaries which teach their leaders philosophy, theology, and sociology to help them misunderstand the word of God. Imagine trying to understand a spiritual book with the mind. People are so gullible. I've got them involved in bake sales, meetings, committees, bingo, rummage sales, retreats, dinners, raffles, and much more to give them that religious feeling. I've even allowed prayer, service to church, and church itself. I've found that you can get them into anything but the Word of God, and they are no threat to my kingdom at all. I've even kept the reborn ones out of the Word, and have thus kept them defeated in worry, sickness, and fear. This is my special victory since that one whipped me badly. It gives me great joy to defeat some of his brothers, even though my only weapon is their own ignorance. I got most people convinced that church once a week, prayer or so they call it, ten minutes a day and a few short verses of the word makes them spiritual giants in God's kingdom. Not only this, but I've removed speaking in that awful language out of almost all the denominations. Anyone caught doing it in in a service would be laughed at, scorned at out of the assembly. Most of the leaders that I've raised up in churches are even against it. Better yet, I have also eliminated praise out of their services. I've got them into solemn worship and silent, repetitious prayers. It's gotten so that if a person would throw his hands up and shout hallelujah, they would call him a fanatic, Jesus freak, or another holy roller. They would also be out of order in the service. Can you imagine this? What an accomplishment! These people scream and holler their heads off when someone hits a ball, makes a basket, or crosses some stupid white line, yet they aren't allowed to shout for this Son of God who removed them from their spiritual bondage. On a final note, be aware that there seems to be a new wave of these people arising out of the earth. They are speaking in tongues, they are praising God, but worse yet, they are spending large amounts of time in that, in that book. They are putting aside the distractions of this world and focusing on that eternal word. I would suggest a strong dose of persecution and an outpouring of spiritual pride. Use any method to stop these people. The problem that I'm finding is a lot of them are young and actually believe this word because we've not had time to lock them into traditional beliefs. Be very careful for the fact that they may ignite the older people. And I hate to even think about it. Pentecost could come all over again. Remember, at any cost, stop that word. It is that word that has judged us, It sentenced us, it will one day lock us up in hell. We must stop that word. Yours and evil, Satan. (laughs) That makes you think, don't it? (laughs) Hallelujah, okay, that's it. Jump up this morning. Pray that one to make you read your Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. 2020, a good year. Fitly framed together. Coming together as a body. As one grow one another, help one another, tolerant of one another, speaking the truth to one another in love, getting in the Word of God individually, individual fires, letting remove the things out of your life that don't belong there. You know what they are. He's been talking to you about them for years. You just haven't had the guts to get them out of your life. So today, get them out of your life, praise God. Let the fire of God remove those things in your life. Let peace and joy rule in your hearts, praise God, because that's what the kingdom's all about. Father, I just want to pray for everybody this morning. I thank you for the words that you've given me. I thank you for the letter that you gave me. Lord, that's powerful. I really love that. I thank you that I have an opportunity to read it every now and then. And I pray right now for a hunger in the heart of every person here for the word of God and the things of God. That they no longer stay in the same spot and become complacent to where they're at. To think that they're doing enough or going enough or busy enough or, or whatever it takes, Father. The greatest mistake in the world is to be busy but not effective. And I thank you that effectiveness will come now. The things of our life that are wasting our time and wasting our energy would go by the wayside. And we would take that time and we pour it into the kingdom of God and into your building who we are. Praise God. And we thank you. Praise God. We are believing for a habitation of God through the Spirit. That the power of God rules and reigns in this place, that people who come in off the street who need deliverance simply walk through the door, and the power of God will break everything off of their lives in Jesus' name. And, Father, then we can just go ahead and start building once again another building, another living stone to put in your building. And we thank you for what you're doing and have been doing over the years, but especially accelerated in 2020. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody, if they agreed, say? Amen. Amen. All right, praise God. We will see you Wednesday night. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.